Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I mean, the Texans pick, I, this is where the first thing of, like, I don't know if anybody knew what this pick was going to be tonight. The Houston Texans select C.J. Stroud. C.J. What? I have no idea. The boom's I'm, I'm raining down. I'm hoping it's Tyree for the Houston Texans, but it Will Anderson could be. The Houston, Houston Texans select Will Anderson Jr., linebacker, Alabama. It's happened. Oh, it happened. The Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson. Whoa. I thought it was going to be Levis for sure. So the Colts go Anthony Richardson. Whoa, 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 whoa. With the first pick, with the second pick, with the third pick. Look at that. Here he comes. (laughs) Oh, he's not happy. He's not happy at all. Chris Sims works on a Friday. It's a rare Friday for Christopher David Sims. Super Bowl week. Draft week. Right. Opening week of the season. Yeah. Did we get you on Friday, opening week of the season? Uh, yeah, I remember vaguely I so. you with the t shirt on in oh, Tampa. Right. Was that we did in Tampa the Friday? Was Tampa. that Friday? You're right. There was some Friday on in Tampa the year the Cowboys and Tampa did. So yeah, that that's I think you're right on track there. Those three Fridays. <laughs> Well, we got you this Friday too. We're here, I, don't know. I hope you can. I hope you can survive five days of work and last night creating videos. Now, were any legal substances consumed while you were doing those videos last night? Was there a haze in your barn? Uh, well, I, I may, may or may have not stepped outside the barn. It was a draft party, right? So uh, there was some substances involved, and I had a good time. You know, I mean, I did have a drink, right? I kind of sipped that early on in the first few rounds, and. Uh, we had some food and some munchies and whatever else. I didn't overdo it, but, you know, I got a little taste and kind of enjoyed the action, too. <laughs> munchies. That's the key. Munchies. Uh, well, you know, it was fun. And it's, it was it's amazing. a hectic night. It It's over before it even begins. Like, the first 20 picks fly by, and then it settles in for the final few and the next thing you know it's done it was done earlier than usual because the Dolphins tampered with Sean Payton and Tom Brady last year and there's only 31 picks last night to get things started I'm surprised they just didn't go ahead and go 32 do the first pick of round two to make it a an even 32 yeah Uh, why not why not just do that even though it's not a pick that has the fifth year option or anything like that it's still the first pick of round two we're doing the first 32 selections tonight let's just do that uh, so regardless, we have one fewer pick to take a look at as we break down what happened first night of the 2023 Crazy. draft in Kansas City. They said there were 125,000 people there. Looked they like had to open that. the NFL experience early because there were so many people right. trying to get in. 
one of these years, I mean, I, I hope they have a good plan for getting all those people to their cars or getting those people. Like if there's a bad weather event, it's springtime. You could have a bad storm blow through and it looked a little dark. You know, it wasn't bright sunshine. It wasn't a perfect night, but a lot of people there. And they're all crammed into a fairly tight spot. And it looks great on TV. It is amazing now. It's been nine years since they kind of accidentally made the draft a road show. And every city they go to, they get thousands. And it's the first time since they started going on the road that the NFL champion hosted the draft. Yeah, so that's awesome. An extra level. Yeah. It was, it was perfect. I mean, the commissioner had the human shields from the get-go. From the get-go, when Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes come out <laughs> yeah, with the yeah, Super Bowl right. trophy. Game boom That's the best way to kill the booing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was. It was uh, a great look. I, I'm, I, would, I would argue that it was the best first round I can ever remember. That's what I would throw out there just as a fan. As far as the, the way it was set up, you know, there was many points during the night where Ahmed, producer, you know, Pete Demolitis and Matt Casey, we were like, wow, the stage – how they lit up the city in, in some of the areas. I mean, I thought that was phenomenal. And then you talk about the draft itself. I mean, the amount of curveballs we got and the action and C.J. Stroud and Levis Falls and the best player on the drafts at the board at 9 and the Eagles are picking a 10 and what's going to happen. I mean, there was just so many different things. We had two running backs go in the top 12. When does that ever happen? You know, the Texans and the trade and getting up to three, there just was a little bit of everything last night. I, I thought it really was the, about the fastest four hours of action you could possibly get for, for NFL draft or any, any type of draft coverage. Yeah, it was 2017 where two running backs went in the top eight, Leonard Fournette at four and Christian McCaffrey at eight. That was the Patrick Mahomes year. Also, and there was a lot of talk about you don't take a running back that high, and then boom, two go in the top 12. We'll be talking about that coming up. You mentioned the stage. At one point, I got an, an eyeful of that stage. I mean, it's amazing how big it's become. It's right. like a major concert event with the big giant metal rack that has all the lights and look at all the people it really is incredible incredible it's like it is it's like woodstock yeah right right without the mud yeah without, without the wood Creed. mud and Bratton naked people are not here his experiences <laughs> at, <laughs> right. at, at woodstock although i don't know maybe there is some mud around <laughs> there somewhere maybe it'll be mud by the time it's all said and done but uh yeah great night for kansas city and it continues tonight with rounds two and three and then four five six seven on saturday okay so we knew Bryce Young was going to be the first overall pick. It's always funny to see the videos, the contrived videos of the owner, David Tepper, trying to come up with something witty to say, and, and Bryce Young acting like he's surprised when <laughs> right, the phone call right. comes. Remember that talk we Young. had? And Young claimed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. And <laughs> do you want to trade in Sweet Home Alabama for Sweet Carolina? Not quite this name of the song, but close enough. You know, when you got $17 billion, you can get Sweet Caroline and Sweet Carolina mixed up. That's okay. Oh, and by the way, by the way, I, I hadn't yeah. thought of this until we just saw him there. He's wearing the Travis Kelsey Dior $3,300 no jacket doubt about with extra it. sleep. He's got not the, cro the, the Crocs sleeve working. Right. I know. I know. It's the, it's the kid's <laughs> size in comparison to Travis Kelsey. But there it is. And as soon as I saw that, I saw the second lapel. Yes. Because it's got on the right side the second lapel. I said, holy crap, he's got the Travis Kelsey jacket. But I needed to see the crotch sleeve yeah. to confirm it. And there it <laughs> there is. There it is. He's I got know. the Kelsey Dior $3,300 jacket. We can't pull it off, but they can. They're, they're cool enough for sure. I thought Bryce Young, first off, he handles himself like he just, it's. He's so mature. It's so easy for him to talk to people. Uh, you can see why the Carolina Panthers like it. It was a great suit, right? I, we, and I had a lot of fun with this yesterday you know, when we were in the barn watching it because, yeah, the, the, the crotch sleeve is hilarious. I mean, I, I don't know where that came from, how it came about. It does look kind of cool. I'm not saying I'd ever do it, but I do like the look. I just don't think I could pull that off. I'm not cool enough, so I'll leave it to the current NFL stars to do that. <laughs> I think for the first football night in America, crotch leave it for the 2023 <laughs> season. One Let's or do both it. of us needs to get the Dior jacket with the crotch sleeve. I, now, <laughs> and here's the thing: yeah. I could wear Bryce Young's, 
and you could wear Travis Kelsey. <laughs> right, right. I think we need to start on that now because Bryce Young and I are about the same size. I figure his is about a 42 long, and I would say Travis Kelsey is about a 54 long. So I think we could just say, you know, they're not going to wear him again. Like, what's Bryce Young going to do with that? What's he going to do with it? And you don't give something like that to Goodwill. You just put it in the in the closet. And you never wear it again. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I'll get his. Again, you get Kelsey's. Okay. We'll be good to go. All right. Good. Yeah. Good. I I, right. I can do that. That that could be fun. It could be a good look for us. I don't know. We'll probably become memes and everything else on social media, but uh, I can get behind it. I don't know about our bosses. Well, at least we would become memes in a good way. We're yeah. both used to you know, <laughs> stuff happening in a not good way, but we'll see what happens. We got a maybe for Matt Casey, so. He'll take it under advisement. We got a few months to figure it all out. Okay. The Texans had 10 minutes to figure it out after the Panthers took Bryce Young. And this one was surprising just because there was so much crap out there about CJ Stroud. Right. And it confirms what someone was trying to do. Someone was trying to get CJ Stroud to fall. Someone was trying to start the lawnmower on a slide. Mixing my metaphors, I know, but that's fine. I didn't sleep much. C.J. Stroud, the S2 scores, the, oh, he didn't go to the Manning Passing Academy, oh, and all the other stuff that was out there. Oh, he's going to slide. Oh, he's going to slide. How far is he going to slide? He's going to slide out of the top 10. I don't know. Maybe he'll slide out of the top 10. Maybe that slide really gets started. Where's the spot for C.J. Stroud if he doesn't go in the top 10? If he goes past number 11 to the Titans, where's it end? I don't know. And there it is. There's not even a slide. He's the second guy taken. And the betting markets reflected it not long before the draft. He became the overwhelming favorite to be the number two pick of the Texans. Just underscoring how how important that inside information is. And once people get it and they start betting on Stroud, there it goes. And there go the numbers. And there he is with the number one jersey, the ceremonial pick. And, you know, he's a big guy. He's There he is, 6'3", taller than commissioner's tall. Yes, he but is. C.J. Right. Stroud, much bigger than he looks. Uh, yeah, when bigger than he looks him, in his like, uniform. In chair, right. Yeah, right. yeah, he's he's a he's a taller, larger human than you would think that he is, and the Texans get their quarterback now to take over post Deshaun Watson. Well, I, I mean, this was the the absolute you know the the first curveball of the draft where you're just like what because of what all you said and what was said by everybody again and like we discussed there were so many people that. You know, not even in the quarterback conversation that, you know, that S2 score and whatever, that was a real concern and all of that. You know, I think there's two things that, that jump out to me. You know, I'm, I'm, it, I'm excited, one, because I think he's the best quarterback in the draft. And on the field, to me, it, it, he was the best. It, and, and I thought by, you know, a notable margin. I know uh, I'm, I differ from a lot of people there with Bryce Young and all that. But I really like his game. And what I love about it, Mike, is that we have a team there and the Texans and maybe a team that, like you're saying, put the bad information out there that we're like, hey, screw the S2 score. We know what we see. We know the guy. And we're not going to put all our eggs in that damn basket. So I do give that credit. And I I feel for the the young man, C.J. Stroud. And where I think the draft was crazy different this year, too, I really got the feeling, and I kind of said this when I was doing stuff last night, that... I think this year teams put out more false information and and curveballs and things out to the public to throw people off more than ever. I really do. I got that sense. I mean, again, I, I think it was I, – I talked to people who were close to the Texans, and you know some of my thoughts that were, were linked to them. So, uh, And then you could even tell how surprised he was and how surprised other guys were in the first round. Like, oh, whoa, this team's picking me? So that made me think that, yeah, there was a lot of teams that really kept it close to the vest this year. And we'll hear more from Chris Ballard coming up in a little bit, the GM of the Colts, on the false information that was out there all over the place as the draft approached. Let's have a listen before we go any farther to C.J. Stroud along with Texans coach D'Amico Ryans and GM Nick Casario on the decision to go quarterback at number two. Start with C.J. Um, Really productive player. Uh, We had him in the building for a visit. Um, He's, I would say, as competitive a player um, it has a, a, an edge about him in a good way, loves football, 
wants to compete, wants to be great. My mission right now is just to accept the opportunity that I've been given and really just uh, take it full, full go. And I'm really excited to go uh, be teammates with the guys in the locker room, have fun with them, build relationships, build bonds, uh, have team camaraderie. I think that's something that I bring to the table really well is just how I can lead. And I, I'm really excited to get in that locker room. And I haven't been in the locker room in four months, so I'm really <laughs> excited for that. You know, one of the other narratives that was making the rounds, the idea that the common thread between representation of Deshaun right. Watson and right. C.J. Stroud would get the Texas to shy away. But I wrote about this over the weekend. It never got ugly. There was never right. any personal stuff thrown out there. Deshaun Watson wanted to be traded. Yeah. And the agent coordinated the trade, period. There have been past guys who didn't want to play in a certain city. It didn't stain the agent. It didn't kill the relationship between that agency and that team moving forward, whether it was Tom Condon representing Eli Manning, who told the Chargers, get the hell out of here, or when Drew Rosenhaus presided over the Terrell Owens reign of terror in Philly in 2005. It, it was, oh, well, they're never going to draft another Drew Rosenhaus player. No, it was never an issue. That was never an issue. Nick Casario addressed that before the draft as well, that it isn't an issue and clearly wasn't an issue. And now C.J. Stroud, a member of the Houston Texans, quarterback of that team. Sorry, Davis Mills. Sorry, Case Keenum. Your services won't necessarily be needed once C.J. Stroud is up to speed. No, and I think he really fits what they want to do. You know, I do. That's where I love it. You know, again, you know, one of his his ability to stand in the pocket, make big times throws, right? They're going to ask him to be, you know, what we saw Brock Purdy be with the 49ers and all that. And of course, he's a, like Brock Purdy on steroids with what he can do as compared to that athleticism, big arm. You know, play action pass. Oh, wait. Okay, we got a guy running a 25-yard crosser and somebody running a post corner 50 yards down the field. He can just make those throws with ease. He can't. And, you know, again, the film never lends you to believe that this is not a guy that can't process information and do all the proper things. It's where I was kind of shocked by all this stuff that came about early in the process, or not early in the process, but just at, lately. You know, uh, I, 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 full disclosure, you know, the Sims family, my dad, my brother, they work with the future Ohio State quarterback, Kyle McCord, who's there. And he never said a bad word about C.J. Stroud. It was always like, he's the man. Oh, my gosh. You know, he can do everything. He's smart. He's got a great arm. He's highly competitive. So Nick Casario being an Ohio guy, too, I, I, I bet you he had some connections in there into, you know, a little deeper look of the guy and what makes him, and that's what made them feel comfortable about picking the right guy at number two, and I'm happy for them for that for sure. One of the concerns that, and, and again, I I, I, didn't, I don't like trafficking in this stuff before the draft because I don't no, it participate stinks. in whatever right. it is that's going on. Whether it's teams trying to get a guy to fall so they can get him the ultimate Machiavellian approach to the draft. We love you so much. We're going to spread bull crap about you <laughs> right. so we can draft you, so we can, so we can have this relationship with you. We're going to kill the relationship in advance and hope you never find out so we can have a relationship. But it's also rival agencies. It, and we'll talk more about that yeah, coming sure. up right. as it relates to Will Levis. And you know what? And as it relates to the BS, we'll skip ahead because Chris Ballard and the Colts on the clock at number four, they took a guy that surprised all of us. Here's Ballard talking about some of the BS that made the rounds before the draft. All the crap that comes out about these kids, it's crap. Like, it's bullshit. I'm sorry, but it's bullshit. Like, people that leak these stories, these negative stories on kids, I just don't, I don't agree with it. It's bullshit. These guys work their ass off to get where they need to be, and then all week you got to read and stories and ask all and then they got to answer questions on it. So, anyway, not on Anthony, it's on some other kids in the draft that are good kids, and I thought had to take a little bit of a beating that they shouldn't have had to take. It's like, way to go, Chris Ballard. I mean, clearly, yeah. Talking about C.J. Stroud, right, without right, question. Right. And, you know, somebody somebody that I know and trust, I spoke to about C.J. Stroud, because there are some folks out there who really didn't care for the guy. No, I know. And That's what I'm saying. It's all right. subjective. Right. It's all subjective. That's right. And it's fine if you don't care for the guy, but the problem is that starts to make the rounds, and then the people who do like him start pushing that stuff. And, and again, the agencies get involved. CAA has Will Levis. Athletes First has C.J. Stroud. 
We want our guy to go higher. We want their guy to go lower. We want to be able to use this as a feather in our cap that we help make this happen. That's part of it, too. But one of the things about C.J. Stroud that I trust, that I heard, is, you know, he's a young kid who's got some unresolved issues. He's got some unresolved demons. And the concern is, do they manifest themselves at some point? But that's part of the coaching process. That's part of getting to know someone and helping him mature. These are all very young men. We all have issues at every stage of our life. The issue is diagnosing helping assisting it's a great talent that cj stroud possesses and he clearly wants to play in the nfl he wants to be a great player he wants to come in and be the best human quarterback teammate friend he can be and now it's up to the texans to draw that out of him that's the other part of this when these players bust we blame it on them no sometimes yeah a lot of times It's the team's fault, and the team has to take this baton now and run with it and get the most out of the player that they saw that much in. So the Texans, not not content to go only quarterback that high. To the extent that there was any internal consternation about quarterback, edge rusher, quarterback, edge rusher. Oh, we need a Nick Bosa. We don't need a quarterback. We can get the quarterback later. Well, they did get the edge rusher later. One pick later. It's amazing. They work out the back-to-back move by using the number 12 pick that they got as part of the Deshaun Watson trade from the Cleveland Browns, springing all the way back up to number three with the Arizona Cardinals, and they take Alabama edge rusher Will Anderson Jr. That, I know, was a surprise for some. Tyree Wilson was rated a little higher. There was some stuff about his foot floating around yesterday. I was told yesterday afternoon his window was two to seven, and he nailed the back end of the window. But Anderson ends up being the third guy taken. Back-to-back Stroud, Anderson. Foundational pieces. Guys who are coming in, same draft class, one on offense, one on defense. This may be the thing that finally helps turn the Texans around. No, yeah, you're exactly right. I'm, not, You know, again, Will Anderson at number three is, is high for me. You know that. That's, that's my thought. I know I'm a little different than the draft community that way. But I'm not mad at them for going to get the guy they want to get. You know, you mentioned it. I think Tyree Wilson, I mean, I think there was a few teams he was off their board because of his foot injury. You know, people worried. Yeah, a guy that's got to go around the edge and got people pushing on him all the time, that, that concerns some teams. But either way, the where the Will Anderson thing, thing is great for them, as we talked about leading up to the draft, he's an extremely high floor guy. There's no bust factor. You're going to get a really good football player that hopefully can be better than guy, you know, Chris Sims sitting here talking head on TV says he's going to be. But then also I think what you get too when you're a Houston Texans team and you're trying to change around the culture and the mantra and your locker room and all that, that's where everybody talks about Will Anderson. So I think that's like, hey, one, he fits the need of we need some pass rushers and a guy on the edge for our defense, but two – we got to get some leaders and, and some, some young men and juice in our locker room that people can rally behind. And when you talk about Will Anderson, again, this is what I, I like, but it also scares me. That's where everybody talks about him first. They never talk about what he does on the field. They always talk about the human. That's always a little bit of like, ooh, well, you know, that scares me if we're talking about what he does as a human before we talk about what he does on the field. But I understand that. And I get why you go that route, and there's no injury concern, and there is a need there, and I think it fits a lot of things about as far as what the Texans are all about as a football team. Yeah, there's a point where it becomes a Cleveland Farrell pick. Remember fourth overall to the Raiders because he's a great leader. Right, that's what scares me. He's a great leader. Well, you need a great player, too. That scares me. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. That's right. Miko Ryans, who has a lot more power with that team than folks realize. That's something that began to gurgle yesterday. As we're going to prepare to watch and wait and see what happens with the Texans after this draft ends, there's a chance that Ryans is higher on the pecking order right now than Nick Casario, frankly, in Houston. So uh, Ryans had to have seen something that he really likes in the player along with the leader. But they need both in Houston. They need all the good stuff they can get. They do. And we'll see what Will Anderson can do. By the way, can we re-rack the Will Anderson bear hug with the commissioner? One of these guys is going to fracture the orbital bone of the commissioner with that hug. And I wonder. Wait till you see what Tyree Wilson did to him. And he's in pretty good shape. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, But, like, like, at what point, at what point does the commissioner utter the... A uh, classic line from Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon. I'm getting too old for this, <laughs> I, Because 
And there's a point where you can't have it. Look at that. Right yeah. up against the cheek. I mean, he's going he's gonna to need a little extra makeup there to cover the bruise. So, uh, anyway. Oh, well, well young, you got to see Young, his... big, strong guys. Yes, right. Tyree Wilson, when he gets picked at number seven, he comes out there and power cleans uh, uh, Roger Goodell. I mean, he lifts him <laughs> above his head like dirty dancing style. So yeah, they're trying to they're trying to get their you know they're they're squeezing them a little tight you know trying to maybe help. Hey, we love you. Don't find me so much if I do something wrong a few years from now. Uh, you know they're they're trying to love up to them as much as they can. <laughs> You get fined for the hug. Yeah, right. Uh, break Tyree the commissioner's rib. The time of his Don't life. find Roger me. Goodell I'll break your rib again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, there's the Texans at number two and number three. That Boom. was when things really got interesting. And we'll talk about the Cardinals coming up because they 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 picked up some extra assets to just slide around a little bit. Yeah. And end up getting maybe the guy they would have taken at number three. So for, <laughs> at a time when there's a lot of Crap going on with the Cardinals and the NFL and the Cardinals and the Eagles did a nice job of tucking a little bad news right into the moments just before the draft. There's some people around the league that are upset about that with this tampering with Jonathan Gannon and all this other stuff. We don't have time right. to get to it today. It was It's a perfect PR management tool by the league and by the Cardinals and by the Eagles. To, and maybe next week we'll talk about it in further detail. There are a lot of people upset about it, the fact that the Eagles got a little something in the draft for it. When, what? You know, last year the Saints didn't get anything. Yeah. The Saints didn't get anything when oh, they tampered right. with Sean Payton That's in right. Miami. Right. Right? That first-round pick that disappeared for the Dolphins this year, why didn't the Saints get that? That, the Saints were the ones who were the victims of tampering. That's a, so anyway, a fair see, point. That's a fair point. As a Giant fan, I was like, that. what the hell? I mean, how many picks are we going to give the Eagles in the top 66 picks here? Holy crap. I mean, you know, we'll get to that, but they're busy continuing to build their all-star team there in Philadelphia. <laughs> and and, and just, to, just to show, I don't want to be gratuitous here, but if you're going to tamper with somebody, tamper with Sean Payton, not Jonathan Gannon, for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. The guy's completely unproven. It's a roll of the dice. It's a job nobody really wanted. Maybe that's why they tampered with him. Do you really? Are you sure you really want this job? I'm just making sure here. Before we go any further... Because all these other guys don't want it. Are you sure you do want it? Maybe that was the extent of the phone call. But either way, they made a phone call when they shouldn't have made a phone call, and they got busted, and that all came out just before the draft last night. But the Cardinals redeemed themselves by how they worked the yeah, board. worked the board. And, and like, four, was that another cool, like, a weird thing about the night? You know, again, it was hard. It was a lot of action. But I feel like I don't know. I'm not even up to date, and I live this stuff like you on what was traded to move up and move around. You know, there was so much action going on. I felt like TV couldn't keep up to tell us who traded what to get up there. Like, there's there's a few trades that happened last night where I go, it was never discussed. Nobody told us anything. Nobody even gave us a clue what they did to move up three spots or, or whatever. And, you know, it seemed like TV had a hard time keeping up with all the action. There's, there's too many plates spinning. The terms get perfunctorily mentioned but never analyzed right and that's where i think you know i a golf clap for the cardinals and since we're talking about it let's continue before we get to pick number four what the cardinals did they moved from three to 12 and they picked up a high second round pick from the cardinals i think pick number 30 there it is there they pick, pick up 33 wait, they, 33 right they uh pick up a first rounder and a third rounder next year. Now they also set a fourth rounder right. this year. But so they come out of it with pick 12, pick 33, one and a three next year. That's unbelievable. And they give up the third overall pick and a fourth rounder. And then when they move up to number six with the Lions later to draft Paris Johnson Jr., the guy they likely would have taken at number three if they hadn't moved. All they give up is 12 and 34. I was surprised by that. So they keep 33. Right. They keep the first rounder. They keep the third rounder. Right. That right. was a great move by a team that needs lottery tickets and great players. They got extra lottery tickets, and they got the player they would have taken at number three anyway. That was a good move for a team that has had a lot of stuff go on ever since they tried to get Kyler Murray to sign the contract with the homework clause, and he did, and then they took the homework clause out. It's been downhill ever since. That was a nice little uphill tick for the Cardinals oh, last definitely. night. Oh, like, definitely. Brilliant by Monty Austin Ford, their new GM, right? First-time GM, you know, pulling some strings like that, making moves. And that was really one of the shocks of the night, that they moved up like that, 
you know, the six spots, right? Is it six spots? Whatever many spots. It's early and I only got yeah. four hours of sleep. But to do that and then six to only give 12. up pick 34, right? That was I was a little surprised that uh, that's all it costs to, to make that type of a drastic move. I mean, we've seen similar moves before that where, you know, it's usually entailed a first-round pick. Um, I know that's close to a first-round pick, but I thought that was a little light for, for Detroit as far as what they got in that package. Some curious decisions last night by the Detroit Lions that we'll get Some to interesting coming ones, up. Yeah. And the the Colts' decision, and, yeah. and, you know, this all crystallized for me yesterday afternoon. Right. Pete Demolitis texted us at one point that the odds for Anthony Richardson were changing in a very positive way for him. Right. And I saw some stuff on Twitter and I started talking to some people and you know, here's the bottom line. And remember how you caught my attention when you were doing your quarterback draft rankings on this show yeah. and you mentioned he's got superstar potential. I'm right. like, "Oh, whoa, hey, so we're, <laughs> give me the guy with superstar potential." Right. I I want the guy that's going to be on the short list of franchise quarterbacks. These other guys that are just going to be okay, they're just going to check the box. We're going to be at the point where how big of a second contract do we want to give him? No, no, no. I want superstar. Anthony Richardson's the only one that you mentioned that has superstar potential. And you think about the physical attributes, what makes quarterbacks tick in today's NFL, the ability to extend plays, the ability to make a second play on the fly when the first play goes to hell. Big and fast and strong. And somebody said to me yesterday, you know what? If he doesn't work out as a passer, what do you have? You have an even better version of Taysom Hill that you can trot out and supercharge your offense if he can't throw, if he doesn't grow, if right. he doesn't develop. And so the Colts, after after a revolving door of getting veterans one year too late, they get a superstar maybe a year early. They go with Gardner Minshew until he's ready. Let's not force it. Let's just let it go. And they may have the guy that, you know, not the Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning can't miss the roll of the dice on a guy who maybe becomes as good as Andrew Luck. Uh, right. Dare I say, right. as good as Peyton Manning, but in a very different way. Right. Well, he's got, yeah, exactly right. He's got a chance to be a game changer, right? That's what we're talking about, superstar. You know, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, guys that do things that we go, you know, we've never seen somebody really do this before until this guy gets on the football field. That's what he's got a chance to be, and he has a greater potential than anybody in the draft. Yeah, you know I love C.J. Stroud, and I've said a lot of great things and compared him to Joe Burrow in, in some ways and all that. But, yeah, this is the guy that, you know, we could be, he could be doing commercials like Michael Vick where we go, oh, my gosh, he did a flip here and a 360 here and then turned on the Rockets and afterburners and runs down the sideline and throws an 80-yard bomb. I mean, he's just got measurables that are you don't see, like we're seeing right here. Like I said back at the time, right, he's Micah Parsons at quarterback. That's just weird. And then that's where the pick was awesome because, one, Shane Steichen, as we talked about leading up to the draft, I was like, wait, are they going to run, you know, the Justin Herbert Chargers Shane Steichen offense or are they going to run the Philadelphia Jalen Hurts offense there with the Indianapolis Colts? They went, you know, the latter of the two. They're going the Jalen Hurts route. And the other reason I love the pick here, Mike, and the fit with Richardson and the Colts, yes, the offense could support him, but I'm – you know, to what you brought up with Gardner Minshew, you know, I'm a little bit on the camp here, you know, like we had conversations with Trey Lance back then. He's got to play. He's, his number, his, his biggest detriment to who he is right now is he hasn't played quarterback enough. And he's going to go there, and I would be shocked. And, you know, again, they can formulate this and bring it along slowly, but he can get on the field right away. We know they got a pretty good O-line. You couple that with Jonathan Taylor – you know, Michael Pittman Jr. receiver and some other guys. And you go, oh, hey, they got something working here. But I, I like it from the fact that he can play right away and he needs those reps to grow into the guy that, you know, you're talking about and fantasizing about there. Chris Ballard, GM of the Colts, explained to reporters last night that they don't want this guy to come in and be Superman right away. Yeah, right. Here's a little more from Ballard on what the expectations are and how they want to bring him along slowly. To come in and you know earn his way like every player we bring in um but 
let's don't expect him to be Superman from day one. And I think history shows there's not many of them that are Superman from day one. Some of them, it takes two, three years to become really good players. Now, Cam Newton was Superman from day one in 2011. He was great from the get-go. Peyton Manning took a little while. He still holds the record for interceptions thrown by a rookie back in 1998. They were 3-13 and despite having Marshall Falk and Marvin Harrison on the team in 1998. So it does take a while. And I'm a firm believer in getting the guy out there on the field, getting him reps, getting him to the point where he matures, he develops, he grows, the game slows down. And then, boom, come year two, you've got yourself a guy who's much closer to a finished product. And it's on Shane Steichen as well. Yeah, Not just the type of quarterback, the style that the guy plays, but bringing him along. Right. Calling plays that don't put too much on him. Exactly. Right. Let him operate within the confines of the offense before he tries to be Patrick Mahomes, running around, buying time, doing things that way. But look at what Justin Fields has done. I mean, that's what they could do. They They could do design runs with Anthony Richardson. They can do whatever they want with Anthony Richardson. This is the ultimate lump of clay. This is a giant, giant ball of clay. Yeah, it is. I mean, this is as much talent as any player has ever had. When I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, the quote was, there's never been anything like him. Right. And how do you say no to that? Yeah. So... I really wonder what the Seahawks would have done if he'd have been there at number five. Yeah, I really do. I know. But they didn't get the chance to do it because the Colts make the move. The Colts answer their quarterback questions. Will Levis, many thought, would be the guy at number four, but it wasn't. It was Anthony Richardson and off the Colts go. So we go from three quarterbacks in four picks. I thought that over was going to hit. Yeah. Boom, it ends right there. The over-under was four and a half. Right. And that's it. The slide begins for Will Levis. Hendon Hooker was never even mentioned. It's like he's stuck in the on-deck circle until Will Levis gets picked. And and let me say this. You know, I thought they were I, getting I, I'm going to be interested. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I was just going to well, say, well, know, I'd the, be interested yeah. if, if, if Hendon sure. Hooker might go off the board before Will Levis tonight. I, I don't think that's a crazy thought. You know, Levis, I know he's in a tough spot, and he's going to go off the board somewhat early here, but I wouldn't be shocked in the top of the second round if somebody went Hendon Hooker over Will Levis, right? We heard some of the concerns about Levis early on in the process, and that seems to be really what the true storyline was. And, and then we got, you know, thrown some BS by things and thrown off, you know, throw some curveballs. But, yeah, the, the league cooled on Levis a little bit. Sorry, Mike, I just wanted to throw that in there. No, you're fine. And, and here's the key. Yeah. Because I – I see the images of him sitting there. He clearly is a guy who is surprised by this development as it's unfolding. And at one point, at one point, the league's position was we're not going to have all these shots of the guy in the green room who is experiencing this agony of not being picked. Well, there were more than a few of them last night. And the other side of it, too, there was some reporting that happened before the draft as it relates to the non-invitation of Quentin Johnson, who ended up being taken much higher than expected because they think he's not going to be taken round one. So we don't want to put him in a bad spot. Somebody had bad information about Will Levis and the most important thing the agent can do before the draft is set the expectation of the player. Part of the role is to get the player drafted as high as possible to use your skills of persuasion to get GMs and coaches and owners to think of the guy the way that you want him to be viewed and to see the best attributes and downplay the negatives. But at the end of the day, the agent had better be damn sure where the floor is. And the agent had better communicate that to the client. That's important information because you're going to have some members of the Will Levis family who are pissed off that they had to sit there all night through that indignity. We wouldn't have come to Kansas City if we knew he wasn't going to be taken in round one. We could have sat at home and not answered the phone all night long and not embarrassed ourselves out here acting like 
this guy's going to be a top five pick, and he doesn't get picked at all. So this is a failure by the agents to know exactly where the floor is. And I know it's not easy to do, but plenty of agents know how to do it. We knew what the Jalen Carter floor was. We knew. (laughs) Drew Rosenhaus knew. Jalen Carter's not going to be in Kansas City. If he's going to tumble out of the top 10 after he calls his shot, I'm not visiting anyone who doesn't have a top 10 pick. He knew where the floor was. Jackson Smith and Jigba. We yeah. talked about this yesterday. Right. His floor was 22. Yep. His agent knew. And he went at 20. Even though he's not a number one receiver. Right. Even though he's not going to draw double coverage and be a game breaker. They knew where the floor was. He wouldn't have been there. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody... Somebody gave Will Levis bad information, and I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't a change made in agents, just like we saw Geno Smith do after he didn't get picked in round one 10 years ago. Somebody didn't know the most important piece of information to be known. Where is Will Levis's floor? And we still don't know where it is. No, we don't. We don't. It's it's tough, right? This does happen from time to time. I thought the you know, the TV coverage was just the right, right? I don't think they went overboard in putting him on the screen too much. You know, we got there in the early 20s, and we thought, hey, wait, there might still be a chance, so they were showing him on the screen a little bit. But I, I think after what, the, the Vikings at 23, that, that stopped, right? That's where they, they he kind of – I don't think we saw him again after that. And I thought that was the right move. Somebody but. thought he left. Right, somebody, which he did I, 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 Somebody told me he left. No, he didn't because yeah, yeah, we okay. saw him late in the draft, and even when the draft was over, there was there was a few clips of him back in the green room, and he was on the phone with somebody. So he was there. Uh, but, you know, I thought the NFL did a good job of kind of pulling the plug there. It's an unfortunate situation. It's com- uncomfortable. And, yeah, you'd like the agent to know too, but I do know that it can work in a way sometimes where – Hey, when the when the invitations go out and you're going, there's still teams that hey, it's it's hey, it's Will or this guy, it's Will. So they might have got those answers from people. And as we talked about earlier, I think there's a lot of people that didn't know they were going to get picked by that team. It wasn't communicated all the way. So I mean, you're right. There's a skill by the agents, but. You know, it's it's a tough one, too. And sometimes the agent goes, hey, we're going to go even though we don't know, right? And I think we got a few spots where you're, you know, one of their top two guys. They go to go make teams think who are on the fringe between one of those two guys. Hey, wait, somebody likes him. That's why he's there. He knows he's going to get picked. And maybe that forces the hand of a team to do it. So there is that that goes into it, too, Mike. But you got to communicate it clearly to the yeah, kid so right. he's not stunned. Yeah. So it doesn't look like – I mean, he looked stunned. He, he did. You he can only stunned. hide so much of your facial That's expression. Right. He looked stunned by what was happening. Yep. He walked into an uppercut by going to the draft and not getting drafted, and he's going to be pissed about it because somebody didn't get the message through to him the way they could have, the way they should have, that there's a very real chance you're going to be sitting there all night. I thought it was funny, too. I don't want to take any gratuitous shots here. It's not gratuitous. It's applicable. ESPN touting the fact that its analytics had Will Levis at less than 0.1% of a chance of not being drafted at all in round one. I think that says something about your formula. (laughs) When the numbers, when, when, when the outcome defies completely and totally your mathematical calculation, it's probably time to go back and reconfigure yeah, what is the calculation, calculation itself. Yeah. You got some bad factors in your model if that is what the prediction was because the prediction was as wrong as it could have been. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll talk about teams that doubled their pleasure on Thursday night with not one but two new players beyond the Houston Texans. There were several more. We'll get to that when PFC Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What was going through your mind, you know, as the seventh pick was coming along, and what was going through your mind as you crossed that stage? Uh, it was a lot, you know, my mind was changing up every second. Uh, but, you know, I was just thinking about how my family felt, you know. I've been grinding all my life for this moment right here. And just to see the smile on their face and the tears coming out of their eyes, it made me tear up. My general expectations were, you know, whoever drafts me is going to get the best deep, uh, best player in the draft. But, uh, you know, I just had high hope for Philly, you know, because I had a good visit with them. And, uh, you know, I felt like it was a good team to, uh, you know, go to and play for Jalen Carter knew, he knew, he knew the Eagles were going to take him at 10. And we all knew so clearly the Eagles had to trade up to number nine just to make sure they didn't get jumped. I mean, there is a certain point where the stuff you're saying to Drew Rosenhaus about, yes, we're going to take him at 10 if he's here, it puts you in a spot where you have to worry about who is going to cut the line in front of you. So they actually had to give draft assets to the Eagles bears to move up a spot because somebody from chicago made howie roseman think if you don't do it somebody else will right you better secure your spot for jalen carter because we got somebody else below you that wants to come up to number nine and take this guy and that's what the eagles had to do to ultimately cement it but it shows you how much they liked him yeah. that they were willing to move up that spot to get him yeah definitely you know yeah, who that team was i don't know i'd be really interested to know right the steelers were a team that we know was very interested in making that type of move i wonder if they had made some calls whatever but holy crapola is what i can say i mean unfreaking believable that the eagles got jalen carter He's the number one player on everybody's board. He's phenomenal, like you talked about. He's definitely the best interior D lineman I've evaluated since I've been on this part of the, you know, business. Mike, I mean, damn, getting him along with Jordan Davis, you know, fellow big butt, uh, like award winner on the Chris Sims Unbuttoned podcast. I mean, you got him, uh, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter, Hassan Reddick. Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat. I mean, it's just unbelievable what they got. Their backup defensive line starts for a few teams in football. I mean, they're just set up in, in this draft. They got that's they just got maybe Warren Sapp, and then the guy they picked at thirty, they might have got Von Miller, right? and that's what's crazy. I mean, you're talking about the best roster in football, and now they just made their defense the 90s Eagles, and they already got the 92 Cowboys offense, and you just go, holy shit, Batman, the Eagles are stacked. Welcome. Yeah, it just occurred to me, with all these with all these big butts that we're I know. drafting, does that make him Sir Pick? Does that make him Sir Picks a lot? <laughs> Sir Picks a lot. Yeah, something. I don't know what it uh, makes, but I mean, you right. just that, uh, it's unbelievable what they got right now working in Philadelphia. Good job by Howie Roseman. Something about Jalen Carter and Ian Rappaport hinted at this last night. Yeah, and this was something that I was not going to breathe a word of until after Jalen Carter was picked. I've heard reliably, and again, Rappaport tiptoed around it last night. I've heard that the Georgia coaches kill Jalen Carter when asked about it. Right. Don't like him. And that is the reddest of red flags. Now, the Eagles and others surely believed they're going to find a way to get more out of him. And they surely hope that having Nolan Smith there too, his college teammate, is going to help get the most out of him. But the Georgia coaches, 
not happy with Jalen Carter and not afraid to say so. And that is not a typical dynamic because usually what you, you're effusive in your praise of the guys who played for you. But your own credibility is important. There, before you were on the show years ago, and in the run-up to the draft, we had a bunch of different college coaches on. Right. And, and that was a question that I asked several of them. Because your own credibility is on the line. Yeah, right. If you start being overly flowery with guys who go to a team and end up stinking and end up being bad guys or whatever the case may be, and we don't know what Jalen Carter's going to do. But what Rappaport suggested is something I've heard. The Georgia coaches were not saying nice things about Jalen Carter in the run-up to the draft. Yeah. And that was also contributing to this idea that he slipped, and he did slip. If he's the best player in the draft and he falls at number nine, that's a hell of a slide. Yeah, it is. It's 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 a, a huge slide. It really is. And I think the Eagles, you know, are one of those few teams that we kind of pointed out in the top ten that makes sense for Jalen Carter. And I think maybe the best right here as far as a support system. Wait, you got a buddy in Jordan Davis. Wait, you got an older role model at your position who's just the ultimate pro in Fletcher Cox. You got Brandon Graham on the outside who's also the ultimate pro, right? You know, th- he's going to look at those guys and go, whoa, they're freaks. I better get on my game here. I'm not going to be playing. I'm going to be on the bench. So I think there's a lot of things that are good for Jalen Carter and the Philadelphia Eagles situation there. That's where it's good. And, you know, he's not the first player to have that kind of talk about him. Um, there's a lot of rumors of Lamar Jackson and coaches in Louisville talking about him when he was coming out in the draft. And, hey, sometimes guys like uh, Jalen Carter, I've been around a few in my career, and, and my dad has, and everybody has that's played football. They're so good that, yeah, they're not worried about, hey, when we're running sprints after practice, I don't go 100%, right? And that's, a, you know, that's the, sometimes what coaches will hold. Oh, you know, he doesn't show up for meetings five minutes early. He doesn't run the wind sprints great after practice, you know. He doesn't hustle, you know, just absolutely pedal to the metal on play 50, uh, you know, of ones versus ones in training camp. And, you know, that that could be true. That's right. But he's also like, hey, damn, I'm not good and I know when I need to turn it on and I'm not going to worry about you yelling at me and wind sprints and whatever. That that goes on a little bit with high-end ballers like Jalen Carter. Seattle Seahawks had two picks in round one, courtesy of the Russell Wilson trade. With that pick from man. the Denver Broncos, they went with your guy. My man. The top corner. Maybe <laughs> the guy. And, and you know what? You know what? Maybe that's why the Lions bailed for as little as they got to drop from 6 to 12. Because they thought they, they thought were taking Devin him. was going to be there for right. them at 6, right. and they got a curveball thrown right at their noggins when the Seattle Seahawks went with Devin Witherspoon at number five. I know he said after the draft it was shocking to him right. to get the call then and there. Right. But Pete Carroll explained this last night. This is the most physical player in the draft. He reminds them of Troy Polamalu, <laughs> which, is, which is high praise yeah. for a guy who's never played in the NFL. But throwing your body around, you know, it's Jamal Adams as well. You throw your body around to the point where you have no regard for your body and your body gets broken. That's going to be the concern for Devin Witherspoon because he's not a big guy. Yeah. But he'll stick his nose in there. He'll go tackle whoever, whoever big, however big the guy may be. But that's who the Seahawks get at number five. And I know you love that pick. Oh, I love it. And, you know, again, to the point that, that I made earlier in the show, this is where I think the draft was crazy this year. Here's a guy that, you know, he knew he was going in the top six or seven. He had no idea he was going to the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know anybody in the world that had linked him to them. So to your point with the Lions, I bet you that was a huge shock. I mean, if it's a shock to Devin Witherspoon, you know it's a shock to the team that was picking after. But, I mean, my man crush right here, I, uh, going to the place where they like psychos in a good way, and now he's in the psycho capital of the NFL with Pete Carroll and company, the place that brought us Earl Thomas and Michael Bennett and Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman, some of the coolest psychos we've ever seen in the history of football. I, yeah, I could, I, I'm mad that I didn't throw it out there earlier. I am. I thought they were okay at corner, so I didn't think it was like a huge need, right? Michael Jackson, Tariq Woolen over there. 
But wow, you couple him with Jamal Adams and and uh, uh, Quandre Diggs, and you start to just go, whoa. I mean, they got some versatility, some talent. He's an island corner who is a kamikaze like Troy Palomalo. That's where it's awesome. And, I mean, you just saw the highlights night last night, right? Was there a better highlight package to watch than Devin Witherspoon when he got drafted? I mean, it was one of those where I was literally like, hey, guys, watch. This is going to be amazing. Watch this. And it, he never disappoints. And so I wonder if they would have gone Anthony Richardson he was, if mm, he was there at that's five. That's good, I know. they get a guy who – who uh, and if a practice is going to be old school in Seattle (laughs) when you have him out there, (laughs) right? right? Him and Tariq Woolen and Jamal Adams when he's healthy and and Quandre Diggs. And now with pick number 20, they look, they, they took, they took your number one corner. They could have had your number one receiver, but they didn't go Zay flowers. They went Jackson Smith and Jigba, the ultimate compliment to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on the outside. Right. You put Smith and Jigbo on the inside, Geno Smith. Yeah, uh-huh. some great weapons for oh, him, baby. to earn that contract that he got this year. I, I love what they did. You know, first off, like we, I mean, Geno was great last year. That was a positive of their team. Their offense was great. It carried the team. Why not build on that momentum? And you know, like we talked about a lot in the process. Yeah, Anthony Richardson's, you know, a, a bright shiny object, and so are these some of these other quarterbacks, but. You know, you got one right now. You got holes on your football team, and you just got out of the quarterback, like, you know, conversation with Russell Wilson and all that drama. But, Mike, like, you know, you said it exactly right. This is where you go, oh, wait, okay, I understand them making Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, a first-round pick. We talked about how he's not a guy that can win on the outside and do that. And like you just said, he doesn't need to be on the outside. Now he's going to have that space to work the middle of the field. Lockett's out there. Metcalf's out there. Oh, we got to worry about them running go routes. we got to put a safety over the top. And now he's going to have all this space in the middle. And then you couple that with Noah Fan, the tackles they got, the way Geno's playing, and Kenneth Walker, who might be the best young running back in football. Like, holy crap, Batman. The, the Seahawks got something working on both sides of the ball right now. The Lions got something working too, but boy, last night it was – confusing to yeah. say the least we i saw some tripped over the possibility they were locked on to devin witherspoon right at number six and they got thrown a curveball when the seahawks took him and then they trade down from number six this is what i'm struggling with i when hear you, you consider what they got right when you consider that all they picked up was pick number 34 and it'll be interesting to see what they do mds was joking today maybe they'll take with the four picks they have tonight, a fullback, a punter, a kicker, and a long snapper based on what they did last night. But <laughs> funny. you have Bijan Robinson at six if you want him. He's there. You have the guy. The guy who's considered one of the best players in the draft in Bijan Robinson, the Texas running back. He can play slot. He can play tailback. He can transform your franchise. They trade down to 12, and they shock everyone by taking Alabama running back Jameer Gibbs. That was the thing to me that was the head scratcher because I may think I'll just go Robinson. I hear you. Forget the pick number 34. Right. And they must have seen something in Gibbs that they like. There must be something about him that spoke to them. The kneecap biting attitude, the old school rough and tumble physicality of the game of football. But still, I was stunned. They did what they did at number 12. I, I, I hear you. I mean, I, I was too. But I think this is what it, it tells me, right, is that they didn't have that much of a different of a grade between B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. That's, that's what it tells me. So, and I understand that. You know, Mike, I don't know if you remember, I had both of those guys in my tier one of the running backs. I thought Jameer Gibbs was right on the – he's a top 20 player in the draft. You know, I thought he's a better player, as I think I told you the other day, than Travis Etienne was coming out in the draft. There was only a handful of guys in this draft where you could go, here's the ball, can you score? And he is one of the few where it doesn't matter where he touches the ball in the field, he gets it and he goes, I'm going to run for a touchdown, right? And that's special. And that's where, you know, I, I, I'm thinking logically that's probably why they liked him. And then, of course, you know, like a B. John Robinson, he could play slot receiver. He could start at slot receiver and be one of the best there, too. Uh, I, I, I like the pick. 
It's a little high, I understand. They probably could have traded down a little bit farther and still got him. I think that's the other part where I go, huh. But either way, they liked him. They wanted that position for that offensive line and what they got there, and I'm, I'm happy for them there. But it, I'm with you. I think they should have got a little bit more from that, uh, that trade back. The risk you take in that spot is that there's going to be somebody out there who likes him as much as you do, and if you start trading down, you're that's right, you get shot at yeah, exactly. So, so just take them now, right? They seem to be very resolute. They like who they like, and they go get who they like, and they don't care who else does or doesn't like them. Jack Campbell, yeah, linebacker, right. Iowa, taken at number eighteen. A linebacker gets drafted before a single tight end. Are you kidding me? I was shocked. But they have the guys that they like, and they go get the guys that they like. And again, they could have traded down. They could have traded down. And still gotten Jack Campbell. But there's a point where you just and, – and you know what it tells me? We're going to hear from Brad Holmes in a second, yeah. the Lions GM. Yeah. It tells me that Brad Holmes got burned on some draft night past where they screwed around, they didn't take the guy they liked, they thought he'd still be there. Right. Trying and to get they got cute. burned. Right. So I'm not doing that. I'm not doing yeah. that again. Right. So I'm what if I have to take a guy again. 10 spots earlier than everybody else thinks? He's our guy we want and need, right? Yeah. I'm not going to try to guess whether or not there's somebody else out there who doesn't like the guy as much as we do. Right. I'm going to assume someone else does, and I'm not going to screw around. Here's Holmes talking about their habit of looking for and adding guys who fit who they are and what they do in Detroit. We'll just take take the best players for us. I've always said that that's what we're going to do, um, and we pick, we find players that fit us and what we're about. We're all about as a culture, um, from a character standpoint, from a tangible standpoint, from an intelligence standpoint. But uh, like the talent is one thing, but these players fit us, and that's why we're thrilled about it. I swear that's not the same guy that took the job two years ago. <laughs> right? He's, I, I mean, he's getting he's, muscular he's, and buff and, now, and he barely fit in the suit. And <laughs> usually, usually the phrase aging like a president is a pejorative thing. He does look older, but in a very distinguished way. Not like, oh, my God. It's, yeah. <laughs> he looks like he's healthy, it's, it's, and he's it's, getting it's, a lot of money, and he's eating he good, looks, and he's working out, looks, and he's feeling good. He looks... <laughs> better that's the thing he looks older but better after two years on the job that is a rare combination usually it's older and worse he looks older and better after his two years in detroit of dealing with dan campbell and chris spielman that's probably one of the reasons why he looks older probably yeah, right. keeping those two guys wrestling around right. and breaking all the furniture in the draft room you have to mature pretty quickly if those two guys are going to be around uh we mentioned Bijan robinson wait hold on wait wait one second hold on hold on let me just hit on that real quick with jack campbell just for a second go ahead but because i think you're right with the other two i think those guys have influence there i mean too you know they're into culture they're big that way you know, and yeah, that was way too high for me to 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 uh, to take Jack Campbell. You know, it was, but a huge positional need for their team. They're in the character, right? You know, they got Johnny White guy tight end as their head coach, and they got Johnny White guy ex middle linebacker, big part of that organization. So you know, they believe in that quarterback in the middle, and he's. Got a lot of qualities that are first round, right? So that's where you get it. They're just parts of his game that I didn't like. They weren't perfect for me. But again, like you were saying, it fits what they want to do. They believe it and they made the made the move. Sorry, Mike. Let's go to Bijan. My bad. It's one of the reasons why the 49ers, it's one of the reasons why the 49ers have such a good defense because John Lynch knows how to find guys who are wired like he They was. want, right. Chris Spielman right. finds a guy yeah. wired like he was. Right. And that's why. It feels like a reach, but for the Lions, it's just right. Beat well, Robinson. Well, it's tough that they that you also go. Oh, they 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 could have got Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith, right? I mean, that's where Lions fans are going to go. Yeah. Wait, we could have had those two guys, but injury questions with Nolan Smith and being an undersized guy and Jalen Carter maybe not fit in the culture with all the things you talked about and all that. That's that's why not. So the Falcons end up with Bijan Robinson. They now have Kyle Pitts. Drake London, Tyler Algier. I forgot about Cordero Patterson. Shame on me when I did my tweet last night of all the weapons. What a jerk. Robinson to it. 
And everybody, and everybody's like, oh, but Desmond Ritter sucks. You know what? You ain't going to suck with all those guys. Know, right? <laughs> those guys are going to make him look good. <laughs> I don't know how good he's going to be or not be as a quarterback, but you give him all those weapons, all of a sudden he's better. Yes, 100%. Well, this is where I love this pick. And, and, and again, here what I'm, I'm looking at real quick is I'm just trying to make sure Atlanta, you know, they're another team. They're picking at 44 tonight. Are, are they going to make a move up to get a quarterback? You know, Hendon Hooker, Will Levis, does that all of a sudden just fall in their lap where they're like, whoa, we didn't even think we'd have a chance to get these guys. Let's make them move. That's something to watch for here tonight. But the Bijan Robinson pick, I mean, you said it, right? They got some talent at running back, but they don't got anybody like this. This is another guy, you know, like we talked about with Jameer Gibbs, where he gets the ball, it doesn't matter on the field, and he goes, wait, I'm going to score a touchdown. I'm on my own five, I think I can score. I'm on your five, I think I can score. He can do it all, and where it's awesome, we know Atlanta's based on the run game. One of the best O-lines in the game. They got a win right now. It's a big year for them. It's year three, they've exceeded expectations, and I think this is the guy that can most directly affect their success right now in the whole draft, would be B. John Robinson. Now he takes your team to a, a whole nother level in status where you could play through their offense, run game, all of that, and the weapons on the outside like you talked about. Uh, very exciting for Bijan Robinson and the Falcons. I thought a playoff contender was going to get him and instantly become a Super Bowl contender. Instead, a team that's been on the fringes the last two years at 7-10 and 10 in 2021 and 2022 gets Bijan Robinson. And now, yeah, maybe that gets them over the hill. The NFC South is not all that hard. Yeah, it's not all that hard. Right. Falcons are my new favorite in the NFC South. Ooh. All due respect to the Buccaneers, Saints, and Panthers, but the Falcons are my. Are my they were seven and ten. I hear you. Last year, they've just been quietly there. And they had a they're great free agency. They're building something with Terry Fontenot yeah, right. and Arthur Smith, and they're building it quietly. And you know, they they didn't make any huge moves. They didn't get into the Lamar Jackson discussion, and they're just they're they're putting it together. Desmond Ritter is going to be the key, though. And like you said, maybe they come out of the draft still with a new quarterback. We'll see how it plays out tonight. All right, let's go ahead and uh, take a break. Plenty more to get to. I mentioned Lamar Jackson. A little bit of a surprise. After Aaron Rodgers bigfoots us draft week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, here comes the Ravens and Lamar <laughs> Jackson to attract all yeah, the Lamar. attention just as the draft is getting ready to start, and they get the deal done gets his money discuss that when pft live continues right after this deets and watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever what's that mean it means never cutting corners ever it means cooking not processing it means our virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection then twice baked to layer the flavors it takes more time but you can taste the difference we come to work every day to do it the right way even if it's the hard way because if it's not right for us it's not right for you deets and watson it's a family thing since 1939 the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keep for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand 